The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Home Field Apparel. Home Field Apparel is now partnering with the Mazodcast, offering you the best Mizzou gear on the market. All you have to do is enter the promo code Mizzou, and you'll get 20% off your entire purchase. So do it now. Home Field Apparel, the best stuff you can get. The football season is in full swing, and Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any other place online. Head to Bet Online today and use our promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. This is the Mazzotcast. Howdy, Tiger fans, and welcome to the Mazzotcast. I'm your host, Brennan Anthony. Joining me, as always, is 170-pound white wide receiver for Arkansas. They got clobbered by Nick Bolton. Colin Anthony. What's up, dum-dums? And possibly with us, we don't know. He's uh, caught in cyberspace somewhere. Caleb Bungart. <laughs> yeah, boy, uh, Nick Bolton hit me hard, but in my, uh, I lost several fillings. Uh, yeah, I imagine so. I uh, it was a clean hit though, Colin. That's the thing. It, uh, you can't yep, be complaining yep, too much because hit me squarely in the chest. Yep, that's uh, a clean tackle. Actually, textbook tackle. So I guess you can't complain too much. 
Well, I, I get it. I get the initial flag just because it looks so very, very violent. Because Nick Bolden is NFL talent. Yeah. He is one of the biggest, strongest human beings on the planet. And Arkansas had a hip squeak running around there trying to catch footballs. And when you put, basically, this guy was me. I mean, hell, he was me when I was that age. I wish I weighed 170 pounds now. But 20-year-old Colin was that kid that was running around on the football field. And Nick Bolton would have destroyed me. You know what I mean? And yeah. that's what he did to that guy. And I just like, what I immediately realized was I, at no point in my life, belonged on a football field in a Division One college. <laughs> and neither did that kid. Yeah. And so just because he doesn't belong and Nick Bolton tackled you know, him properly so hard that he'll never have children, it's still not a penalty. Yeah, that's right. It's a legal hit. But we are getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, Colin, because we should tell everyone that we're meeting here today following it's the Sunday following the Saturday win of Mizzou Tigers 50 to 48 over the Razorbacks. The uh, battle line rivalry game that, uh, you know, the, the oldest rivalry in college football, I think, if my math yeah. is right. Well, I tell you what, this was the first year it really felt like a rivalry. Well, I'll um, say this. 2014 was the last time, to me, it felt like a rivalry because that was us clenching the second straight SEC title. That game meant we went to Atlanta. It didn't mean as much for Arkansas. That's the difference, I think, between then and now is that this meant a lot for both teams. Yeah, no, I agree. This was the first time, like, Arkansas clearly thought they should beat us. Clearly thought they should beat us. And, mm -hmm. um, Obviously, Barry Odom adds a element of a Schadenfreude or whatever, uh, and and they're so proud of Sam Pittman. I don't for some reason, uh, you know, three <laughs> wins for, for for some reason, three wins and a couple of close losses is enough for Arkansas. Yeah, apparently, but um, I don't know. It just felt it felt different this year, and uh, I think I even saw several people admit begrudgingly online that it uh, looks like a rivalry. Yeah, Arkansas people, as a matter of fact. Yeah, it's yeah. it. I mean, we're going to have so much to talk about because of this game, and we could go on long because, I mean, obviously we're going to have a ton of sour grapes. The thing that mm -hmm. boggles my mind about Arkansas is, how, you know, I get it about Tennessee. Tennessee unquestionably has had an era of, you know, being a top team in the country. And I understand that while they can't give up on their past and see reality now, why they kind of, well, I see what they're clinging to. Arkansas is this fans seem to be the exact same way, although they have no history to cling to. They're like, not that good. You know, they think they're a blue blood compared to us based on absolutely nothing. And I'll tell you what blue bloods don't do. Lose to Mizzou for five straight fucking years. Illinois does that. Kansas does that. Shut the fuck up, Arkansas. Who do you think you are? Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. This game was uh, initially out of the gate. I just thought, wow, we're going to win this game. Oh, man. Me too. right down the field. They kick a field goal. We look flawless. Uh, good doing it. And then they go to they march right back down the field again and score with Larry Roundtree. And I'm like, ooh, this could be a... Uh, we can blow out. I'm sure, like me, you were probably looking at their <laughs> starting quarterback who they mentioned had taken 95% of the snaps for Arkansas, sitting out with a rib injury. And you got this kid, and the very first thing he does is kind of bumbles a snap and bounces off his own tackler and looks kind of befuddled out there. And you think, holy shit, we could clobber these guys if their offense is. Because also their lead rusher had decided to opt out for the draft. So they were without some major players. And then we we are continuing to score, and it didn't look like it can stop us. When it's 13 and nothing, Mizzou, it looks like it could easily get ugly quickly. Yeah, but uh, I feel like at some point in this game, I looked up, we're down by 10. I'm like, yeah. how the hell did that happen? And I, I know part of the reason it happened. This is two things in this game stuck out to me. Our offensive line looked as good as it has all year. 
Yeah. Br- uh, Two, our defense looked as bad as it has all year. No, I, I, I totally agree. It was the defense was the strange thing to me because Arkansas had one and a half series where they looked terrible and we got them three and out and the quarterback kid looked like he had jelly legs, you know, and um, things looked like they're going to go well. But the entire rest of the day, they ran and through all over us in a way that we really haven't seen all year. And I mean, there's so much that went on in this game. It's hard to describe. I'm glad we're doing it on a Sunday column. We talked about it earlier, whether we should record this on Saturday when our emotions are high or on Sunday when we've had some time to think about the game. And I'm kind of glad we're doing it now because I've also got the game on again. And there's a lot of stuff that I, I forgot. You know, one of the things that I forgot early on was how many goddamn injury scares we had against, you know, like Basilak went out for a series. And it looked like he got hurt bad and we were lucky to get him back. Bolton sat down or, you know, got hurt for a while. There were a lot of guys that like really scared the hell out of you. You know, we've seen like Kale Garrett, you know, those kinds of injuries. And at first I was like, man, people are getting hurt out there and it's not guys we need getting hurt. Especially when Basilock got hit low and they're like, oh, he, that guy kind of got pushed into him, this and that. I'm like, fuck that. That's a hit at the knees and that should have been a flag. Yeah. But uh, as we uh, kind of know, SEC officiating, not great. And we'll get to that um, too. But uh, Bazelak had an up and down game. Yo, he, over, curve, he the, overthrew the grading curve for Bazelak is kind of unfair because if any other quarterback played as well as Bazelak does consistently, he wouldn't catch much grief. But Bazelak, I see catching a little heat online, and rightly so. He missed a couple of open receivers for big plays. But at the end of the day, this kid consistently accurate with the football. He makes plays with his feet. He buys time in the pocket. He's doing things as a redshirt freshman that Drew Locke never did. That is a hundred percent true. After the NFL, I'm not saying he's going to be the Broncos' starting quarterback because Drew Locke has you know some measurables that gives NFL scouts giant chubs, and maybe I don't know if Bazelak has all of those tools. He certainly looks like it though, and he he throws the ball into spots that he's willing to make throws that Drew Locke just simply wasn't even willing to try. Honestly, so throughout this game, they may move the ball well. God. Arkansas could not set the edge. We just ran all over them. There were points where we were throwing a lot, and I know that we had gotten behind by 10 points or two touchdowns maybe, I guess, at one point. And we, you know, at that stage, you kind of have to throw it more. But I still was thinking, like, why are we not giving it to Roundtree? He eats up – he gets like 20 yards of carry, it seems like, in this game. You know, just – Well, I think – that's part of that, though, is because we had gone very past heavy, and that that opens things up. You know, Arkansas couldn't stack the box because I think it was wide we open already. Which changing things around a little bit, and he has been very run heavy the last few games. In this game, he was. You know, the pass became the highlight yeah. of the offense, and I, I, you know, credit to Drinkwitz. I think he's constantly changing things. He he wanted Arkansas to set up for a for a round tree attack, and they, that's not what they got. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, they did, but they didn't get it exclusively like maybe Kentucky did. <laughs> well, you know, yeah, and I'll tell you, this was such an up and down game. I mean, there were a lot of, after the game was over, the SEC broadcasters were saying this may have been the most entertaining football game in the conference all season long from a nonpartisan standpoint. Somebody who wasn't rooting for uh, one side or the other. For us, it was an absolute nail biter. But we, like Colin said, we started out of the gate really hot. Uh, we let them start scoring. Our defense collapsed. We had some just horrible Mizzou-like things happen to us. We got down at the half. And, of course, like we, we've alluded to it some, but the biggest thing and the biggest factor, frankly, I thought at that point where we could maybe lose this game 
was when Nick Bolton got hit with the targeting penalty, which has been, yeah. if you're at all on social media or if you watch any television, you know, was a terrible call. Um, it was an absolutely boneheaded call. He never made helmet to helmet contact, never went for the head or neck area of the receiver. It was a clean hit and the video showed it to be clean and for some reason the video replay upheld this terrible call which just is not the first time it's happened arkansas has been the victim of this just two weeks prior but just a week prior we lots of teams I have t- been and, and th- this is terrible this. what i said in in the tweet was basically with the assistance of replay sec officiating blows it every week makes terrible calls with the assistance of replay and it's across the conference schedule this is not a missouri issue this is a conference issue i mean ask That's arkansas right. ask lsu lsu last night i got dropped the ball a fucking two feet from the fucking end zone line you know it's just and with the assistance of replay, they can't get it right. Replay has no repercussions for it. Like, how is this possible? Colin, I, I suspect, and this is my theory, because some people may not know this, but I spent about five years working as a video replay assistant in the booth for the Big 12 Conference during Mizzou home games. And so I saw it from the inside. I knew how it worked at that time within the Big 12 Conference. And I know that the SEC was the same way because I uh, left right when they were transitioning to conferences. But they have two retired officials in the booth looking at televisions. That's different now. Now they have on-field camera reviews. But at that mm-hmm. time, the, the philosophy was to always err on the side of visible, clear evidence. And if there is in any way something that is not 100%, you know, like just like in a court of law without beyond a shadow of a doubt, if you can't say it, then you don't call it. I don't think mm-hmm. that's the thing anymore. Now I think when those guys are looking on the field, their goal is to protect the official, to make the official not look bad. If an official calls something, they want it to be right because that's like, I think they're looking after their own and they're not trying to do the right thing anymore. Clear video evidence. And you still don't know if you're going to get the call right. You know what I mean? Like that shouldn't be. It's You can't look at a blue sky and the officials say it's red and you just take it. You know what I mean? Because it's not well, right. This is my thing. I, I don't see, you can't, you've got to change the logo of the conference from it just means more. If you're going to allow this sort of officiating to just be a fixture of the league, you can't, you know what I mean? Like it just means more. Obviously it doesn't. And then, you, uh, it happens week in and week out. And it's not just a matter of bad replays either. It's just bad calls. I mean, and also just affecting the flow of the game. There was so much laundry on the field, especially in the first half of this game. I mean, Ugh. they couldn't keep their fucking flags out of their belt. God damn, guys. It's one thing when somebody jumps the line of scrimmage and it's an obvious offsides, but some of the ticky tack shit they were calling, just let them play. It was difficult to watch from the officiating standpoint, but I don't want the officiating standpoint to negate the things that Mizzou did wrong in this game that put Arkansas in a position to win. And that our defense played miserably. And I think, you know, when I watched the game, the thing that we have been playing sort of this, this man defense, basically this man up player on player defense, it's an aggressive style that you can get burned over the top. And Mizzou had been getting away with it because we've got some good safeties and, uh, oh, we got a good secondary. We just got a good defense in general, but Arkansas's offensive line played really well. We could get no pressure, which meant those guys out on an island, like trying to cover Burke, for instance, who had 150 catches, they were getting roasted. You saw the first big touchdown Arkansas had gone over the top. It was single coverage and the safety 
the safety was late and it was just we got roasted and well it, the safety got burned on a on a not a pump fake but i mean he turned right like to, like he was going to go for the other go route and yeah and, and the then, safety bit and then later in the second half we started going went, went to a zone where we were just getting eaten alive but i think really what that did is it belies our defense not be able to get home on the defensive line and our linebackers not really being able to apply pressure which that's where bolton comes into you know he's not I can't send Bolton on a blitz if he's not on the field. Yeah, that, and that did impact us. But I will say our defense looked bad prior to Bolton's exit. It looked to me like they did not know what to do with no, this backup they, quarterback. They, they looked so hesitant on the pass rush. And like you said, they were getting beaten. It was an ugly thing. And it makes you wonder, like, what, what would we have looked like against the Felipe Franks, you know, because would it have been better or worse? Because how could it have been much worse? It really is defensive line pressure because I don't remember seeing a bunch of missed tackles. You know, there's those games where you watch your player just whiff arm tackle people and slide off like a wet, greasy turd. And like Jamal like, Brooks on fourth and one. Know? Yeah. But it, this was just an issue where there were open receivers and that their quarterback was hitting them. You know, Rake Straw is a, obviously a talented kid, but he, he, he'll show you different times during the game where he's got some, he lacks some experience. Yes, he does. Uh, he, he gets burned a lot. The, the one thing I'm not liking too much about Rake Straw is Rake Straw will tackle a guy who just got a seven yard gain and then sort of celebrate like he won the Super Bowl a little bit. You know what I mean? And I think a lot of cornerbacks have that in them, but Ray Strauss seems to, to not be immune from it. He likes to get burned really bad in one play and then celebrate when he tackles a guy. <laughs> For an eight-yard gain, like he just did something serious. There are reasons to be optimistic, though. Like, Nichols is a good football player. Martez Manuel. Incorrect. He's making a name for himself, isn't he? He's a fucking hitting son of a bitch. And I know he, by position he's a safety, but they play more like a linebacker, and he hits like a linebacker. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's all over the field. Know, he really is. He's a good football player. And Well, I feel like our defense right now, we have some strong individuals, but we also have a lot of weak spots. And I think our defensive scheming has been trying to putty over our blemishes a little bit yeah. in a way. Well, I think as much our defensive, to me, our defensive failures today are more about uh, Arkansas's offensive line than anything else. But our offense moved the ball all day. And, yeah. Uh, well, one thing same, we come into. Ta- our offensive line played remarkably well compared to what I've seen in the last few games. Yeah, and you talked about, obviously, Basilek and his ability to throw it and the consistency he's shown. And obviously, Roundtree and Beatty are just have become stars in this offense. Mm-hmm. But I tell you what, I'm getting really excited about Colin. First of all, it's Tusky Dove. And second, just mm-hmm. our wide receiver core in general. I mean, this looks like a – it looks like a spell has broken on Mizzou's wide receivers. Not that they were incapable of bad drops because they the whole, still happen. The whole program has had spell broken. It's called Drinkowitz, but go ahead. Yeah, I think you're right. But like the catches these guys are making, we we haven't made highlight reel catches in years now. And we certainly, a lot of times I worry about catches that are easy catches, but we're catching the ball a lot more than we used to. We're getting guys in there who are making, getting open better than they used to. I mean, Dove, he just finds himself open all the time, even when he makes an occasional drop. It's because he's always open, always open. Well, there's, he's like a 24-hour liquor store. He he had one bad drop today, but he is. They've they've caught the ball well, and I think catch all these guys got scholarships because they knew how to catch footballs. And I've always thought that drops were just a reflection of confidence and coaching. I think they've just got good coaching and a lot of confidence right now because they've got Drinkowitz and they got Basilak. That's what that happens, and it's easy to get their receivers a lot of credit. They deserve it, but Basilak two or three times a game throws a ball that Drew Locke wouldn't have thrown. 
or or Sean Robinson or Kelly Bryant or anybody else. He throws a ball low and away because that's where the ball needs to be. Or he throws a ball over the top, over the right hand shoulder. You know, like having a quarterback who's accurate enough to make the throw and then probably not talked about enough is willing to make the throw, yeah. confident enough in themselves to make the throw. There's so many of those balls that he, three or four times a game he throws a ball that most quarterbacks just are not willing to roll the dice on. Yeah, and he's and, and uh, he does it in such a way, Colin, too, that when not that he's immune from mistakes, he'll make mistakes but to this point they've never been like catastrophic mistakes and for all he did for this program occasionally drew love would make a catastrophic mistake he Uh, has confidence he's got arm strength and he throws accurately and if we if our fucking offensive line will give him time he will pick people apart for the next four years yeah it's it's exciting hey i want to try to make a fetch happen like on mean girls i want to i want to give dove a nickname and see if it sticks i know it won't okay i want to call him waffle house because he's always open (laughs) all right Toski Waffle House Dove, I like it. Yeah, he's always open. So if you all like that, make a a meme for the uh, for the Twitter account. (laughs) Push it out there, guys. Waffle House Dove. Yeah, no, it was it was great to see. And I mean, obviously, Colin in the. Do you know if you go to a Waffle House, New Jersey, that Dove is actually on the menu? <laughs> Did not it's actually that. pigeon, but still. Yeah, it's a delicacy there. Staten um, Island, actually. Yeah. <laughs> well, our offense has put up 91 points in the last two games, so there's going to be a lot of praise to go around. But yep. uh, Roundtree is just an unstoppable beast, and Beatty is kind of getting his due a little bit. I mean, Beatty has quietly put up a fucking great year. And, uh, yeah, and babies uh, that catch the ball in the backfield back who's slick. I mean, oh, man. Just the, a fast guy. The touchdown he scored that really got us put a pulse back into this team in the second half that when we were down two touchdowns and we needed points in a hurry, that could have easily been tackled in at the 20 and stalled out for another field goal. But he mm-hmm. made some moves and absolutely embarrassed the Arkansas defenders and got yeah. into the end zone. And he, I mean, I love Beatty. He's my favorite. Yeah, he's he's fun to watch. You know, obviously this this game turned into a shootout. Our defense looked bad. Our offense looked amazing. And it got to the point where we actually tied up the game. It was 40 to 40. Then we took the lead. <laughs> we, had the, we had the momentum and we carried it. And it was, we, we, frankly, we started getting into the end zone. We were relying on the leg of uh, Thick Mevis to kick us field goals most of the day. And that's how Arkansas was keeping in this. Because we did get an occasional stop on defense, which I think is a big part of this game that gets overlooked because the defense overall was so bad but we got a few stops late when we needed them the second half yes when we needed them in the second half we got a couple very crucial stops that's right anyway we got the lead and not much time left of course we let them march down and and take the lead and sam Pittman makes what seems like possibly a crazy decision but i mean it's also a testament to how bad our defense played went for two and God, did Jamal Brooks have the worst defensive series of any player yeah, ever? I mean, because we could have stopped that drive. Play over Bailey in that last series. He got an opportunity, got his opportunity to end the game. He couldn't make the stop on fourth down. And fourth then, and one, he completely whiffed on that tackle. He got into their backfield. <laughs> and then he drops the. He drops the fucking interception into the hands of an Arkansas player. I mean, yeah. I mean, can you talk about a one guy single-handedly blowing a game? Not since (laughs) – I I mean, honestly, not since uh, Jamon Moore basically won the game for Georgia on that weird 9-6 to game. I mean, has one player made such a just humiliating impact. But (laughs) under normal – Circumstances, Colin, that becomes a part of historic Mizzou lore. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. woe is me, Mizzou <laughs> the shit. Brooks series. Yeah, absolutely. People will remember that for years to come. He got saved in the last 43 seconds of this game. And his savior's name was the thicker kicker. 
<laughs> That's right. But it's also Roundtree who broke open a long run early and got us close into field goal range. And honestly, even though there were only 43 and seconds on the made another made a couple good throws on that series. And too. they it made some a- amazing catches. I mean, Kiki yeah. Chisholm made a great catch. It was a team effort, no doubt. But the last two games, Kiki Chisholm's has been the Kiki Chisholm's season has completely changed in the last two games. He looks great. But I mean, Colin, we had 43 seconds and we had three timeouts and I really didn't feel that worried about getting into field goal range. And frankly, I didn't feel that worried about Mevis making the kick because he'd been fucking nails all day, as Drinkwitz had said. I mean, obviously I was super nervous, but I thought we had the right people to do what needed to be done. And they did clinically. I mean, three seconds left, they snapped the ball, kick it right through the uprights. We did it like an NFL team does it flawlessly. And obviously mm-hmm. Barry Odom's two minute defense is just as good as it ever was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mavis is a, how many, what he, four or five kicks all. I mean, he's money. Five. Drinkowitz said it at the end of the game. Like I didn't have any doubt about it. And Mavis was amped, the end of the day, but I didn't have much doubt about it. I was like, this kid's going to kick it through. I don't know that. When you say the spell has been broken for Mizzou, when we got the ball back with 43 seconds left, I didn't feel like our hopes were dashed. Mm-hmm. When we got within field goal reigns, I was like, we're probably going to win this game. I tweeted out on the Mazodcast account the picture of Missouri using Arkansas as a toilet, and it said, Mizzou wins. I created that after the round tree run. I was like, I think we're going to get a field goal range here and mm-hmm. win this good football game. <laughs> And all I was waiting to do was hit send. You know, that's I wouldn't have done that in years previous. Yeah. I certainly wouldn't have done that during a Barry Odom regime because I would have been sobbing into my hands, feverishly masturbating. <laughs> well, I'm glad Barry Odom was there to see it. And I'll tell you this, 23 points for Mizzou came off the foot of Mimas. That's including field goals and extra points. And if you don't think that matters, just know that Arkansas missed two extra points in this game and lost by two points. That's right. And he's a fun interview, too. I mean, he was talking about getting iced by Arkansas two times with the two timeouts. And he goes, look, I uh, it just gives me extra time to think about what I need to do right to make this kick. So advantage me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. it's Sam Pittman's a fat turd, and I'm glad he lost (laughs) for a final thought about the game. Yeah, on a a perfect way to end that segment, we're going to head into the break. We've got a ton for you on this show. We've got your voicemails. Hashtag Sam Pittman has man titties. (laughs) We got your voicemails. We got your sour grapes. We got your Arkansas news. And of course, we're going to go around the horn. Stay tuned. This is the Mazodcast. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. 
comfortable. Ah. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hey guys, we have a new sponsor. Who is it? Well, they're called Manscaped. And oh, I know, I know this product. Yeah, they sent us some stuff, didn't they? Yeah, we shaved our sweet salty balls with them. I'll tell you what, they have good stuff. I shaved and I found a tattoo I forgot I even had. <laughs> they're the number one men's below the belt grooming company in America. My balls are so soft. <laughs> Who's the governing body who decides this, by the way? I don't know, but I, I believe what they're telling me. Manscaped has redesigned its electric trimmer. It's called the Lawnmower 2, and it has proprietary skin safe technology, so the trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. It's a zero turn mower. It gets the job done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's scrope safe. That's guaranteed. But I can't tell you how many lacerations my ball sack used to have before we got Manscaped. Well, you shouldn't have been using that bullwhip, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. In my defense, it was a rusty lawnmower blade. But either way, I don't have to worry about that anymore. Don't use the same trimmer on your face as you use on your balls. Best day one stuff. Act now and you can get 20% off and free shipping. Just use the code armchair at manscaped.com. Always use the right tools for the right job. Your balls will thank you. The Blair Oaks Falcons are once again state champions. And the only place to get your 2020 state champions Falcons cap is at The Local. Go to shoplocalswag.com and use the promo code STATECHAMPS and receive 10% off of your order. They're only available for a limited time, so get yours today. Shop Local Swag. Your school, but cooler. Just always been my thing Drinking, smoking, fucking sing About the greatest Pick em up and lay em down You know it by your pounding head Blown out box springs on the bed Of the West Side Comfort Inn Right there in town There's no cover, there's no line Just show up around dinner time And before long sun you're on 
saw I keep calling on them hogs Sue here, she's the only one who came And I said, And we are back, and of course you might remember that song from last year. That's Woo Pig Sue, Army of Mikes, and the Sagging Dragons, the house band of the Mazodcast. Send us your music to Mazodcast at gmail.com. We'll put it on the air, and at the end of every episode, we'll air this and every song in full. After a big win like this, it's always fun to hit the Game 6 Honky Tonk mailbag, Colin. Let's do it. Here's the mail, it never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. And as always, I'm playing these chronologically, and so there's some of them are going to come before the game, some through the middle of the game, and obviously at the end. But I think they'll speak for themselves. No matter what happens today, Barry Odom fucking sucks. He's hot garbage. The success this season has illustrated painfully how bad Barry Odom was, but he's still a true son. Well, I'll tell you this. Yeah, I, I don't wish ill on him. I got no problem with him. Um, I just don't want him coaching my team. <laughs> yeah, ever. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I think we all know what that's in reference to. Yeah, I tell you what, if you're going to lose football games, it's probably a bad idea to have a catchphrase. Uh-huh. I, even the Mizzou football official account threw that back at him. What's up, you fucking idiots? God damn, hey, Phil. defense looks like a fucking bag of flaming fucking dog shit. Hot fucking garbage. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, hopefully, uh, Caleb Barry Odom Bungart shows up this week. I'm like, this fucking defense, beer time. Love you, bye. <laughs> Caleb, thoughts on that uh, call? You know, with Phil calls, I think I'm just going to start counting the F-bombs and see what kind of record he can set. Yeah. Are we sure Barry Odeman calling the fucking defense from Missouri this fucking week? <laughs> what the fuck? Three, and this fucking targeting four, bullshit? Are you fucking five, kidding me? Fuck these motherfuckers. Six, seven. <laughs> Coming out of the gate I strong. I, I think I counted seven there, Brandon. I don't know. I, I, I think I heard seven in that call. Seven F-bombs in that call. Good start for Phil. Super fan Phil coming in hot. I am going to send Nick Bolton so much damn fan mail when he's in prison for murdering that guy. <laughs> <laughs> great call okay i'm lisa i'm from maryland i'm a mizzou fan Ooh, it's a lady don't know what to say about that bolton hit once again missouri is getting fucked in the ass that was not targeting everybody saw the hit like 60 million times it's not targeting like what the hell Arkansas is hot garbage, and the game should not be as close as it is. And now everybody's going to think that Barry Odom is a freaking second coming because Arkansas happens to be doing okay. This is bullshit. M-I-Z. C-O-U. I like when ladies call the show and talk about (laughs) butt-fucking. You like it when anybody talks about butt-fucking? Yeah, that's true. I'll concede that. Caleb, thoughts? 
Cricket Sound. Cricket Sound? Hello, I'm here. I'm, uh, hey! I'm <laughs> <laughs> Colin tried to get him. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Perfect timing. <laughs> yeah, I got thoughts. He's talking about the Nick Moulton hit. It's awful. It's awful. <laughs> One thing good. I do know, that the, the guy put a shoulder pad in somebody's fucking football when he was holding it. Yeah, that's yeah. against the rules he now. Targeted the football. I guess that's what the penalty was on. <laughs> well, uh, catch you up here, Caleb. I think Phil's in like three calls, and uh, we're doing a thing where we're counting f bombs in per call and seeing what, what kind of record he can do. I think I think Phil's in like thirty of my Twitter feed things. Too, so, <laughs> I mean, he's on a roll. Yeah. Well, the record's seven at this point. The Phil okay, record. Cool. What's up, fucking idiot? Me again. Sorry, I lied. This fucking targeting Two, shit is out of fucking three, control. You can't even make a big fucking hit four, in the open fucking five, field anymore. Nah, fucking weak, dude. Six. Better win this fucking game. Seven. Just bullshit. Fucking pussified eight, fucking football. Nine, That's what it is. That's what they're fucking making ten, with this fucking bullshit. 11, if you want to call it, call it, but make it fucking 12. consistent. I just piss off. Have a good one. I count 11 there. Yeah. 11? Yeah. It's, it's That's up a, there. That's the new record. New leader. Pretty good. Hey, it's Lisa from Maryland again. Ooh, it's a lady. What the fuck? Hot garbage. Hot garbage. <laughs> so, shoulder to shoulder hit, kick him out the game, then an intentional delay of game. Fuck this guy. Fuck this referee. Fuck him. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> okay. Phil has got competition. Pittman's a piece of crap, too. Fuck Arkansas. Fuck Arkansas. Flush them down the toilet. Am I <laughs> Z-O-U. That lady talks like my wife after two bottles of wine. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. We knew voicemails were going to be fire this week. We just knew it. Twitter's fire. I was reading it late last night. I just love people calling everybody out for sour grapes in Arkansas. Like, they've been waiting a fucking year to do it. And then they got their chance yesterday. And it was sweet because we won with two seconds left. And they've been sour graping people all fucking day. I mean, it's good. It could be its own show, Sour Grapes. I mean, we never oh had God, the volume. Snatched so it right from them. <laughs> so apparently Arkansas and the fucking SEC officials are jerking each other off. They've been jerking each other off all fucking week leading up to the game. And they fucking try to eject Nick Bolton for the biggest fucking targeting bullshit I've ever seen. That is probably on the same level as the fucking 2014 SEC championship when Shane Ray got ejected. Biggest fucking bullshit I've ever seen. I guess you can't fucking hit someone in the shoulder pad anymore. He wasn't even, he wasn't even close. He wasn't even close to the helmet. And they still call it a targeting. That is the biggest fucking bullshit I've ever seen in my entire life. Well, I'm going to say Shane Ray targeted the fuck out of that Alabama. Shane Ray deserved to get a targeting penalty and kicked out of the game. Yeah, it was, like, a, it was a bad. Like, he thought about that. He's like, I'm going to target him. <laughs> yeah. Intentional targeting. targeting. Yeah. But the, uh, but the the point's the same. You lose your best defensive player in a game, and uh, it can it can change the uh, the outcome. Is Barry Odom taking over coaching our defense? Because the defense looks like freaking hot garbage. Hot garbage. And why are we letting this backup quarterback look like freaking Tom Brady? Let's go, Miz. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm just gonna say this is a show where you don't have to say friggin' if you don't want to. Yeah. Phil has illustrated that over and over again. Yeah. 11 times in the last call alone. This Phil's a hockey guy. You know, just pure. You know, <laughs> everything just flows out of him, all the emotions, like, like all hockey guys. <laughs> this motherfucking SEC officiating goddamn fucking bullshit. What the fuck? 
This targeting, first of all, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> and then you're going to go ahead and have the ref run down, stop the snap for 10 fucking seconds. And then you're still going to give them motherfucking delay of game? Goddamn SEC officials. <laughs> Is that Vince Vaughn from Swingers? Maybe, maybe. I like the passion. Yeah, I like that. I thought it was like a pump-up speech from Swingers. That's good. I like it. Yo, I am on my way to the store after the first half, and what the fuck was that? Tar- Are you fucking kidding me? I'm, I'm literally going to buy a whole bottle of tequila for the second half. This is absolute garbage. Absolute garbage. Fuck this. Fuck the SEC. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Look, our defense sucks. They are hot garbage. Hot, hot garbage. But I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about the rest taking their hand and bowling it into a fist and then sticking it right up our ass all the way up to the fucking elbow, the entire forearm in there, and twisting it around. That's called a fist fuck. The call on Bolton, what is it, targeting ref? And this, this catch out of bounds where the ref tosses his hat and then the, the other guy talks him out of it? They are incompetent. The refs are as incompetent as Mizzou's defense today, and it is fist-fucking us. <sighs> Arkansas has their backup quarterback, their backup running back, and our defense still cannot fucking stop them whatsoever. Where's the fucking urgency with this team right now? We're down by 14 points in the fourth quarter, and the offense is still just fucking running the ball, throwing incomplete passes, and settling for fucking field goals. Fuck this hot garbage bullshit. Garbage. Well, obviously, we're getting to the point in the uh, phone calls where things aren't going so great. Yeah. <laughs> it's 40-40, baby! Tigers ain't out of it! Barry Odom, suck a dick! SEC officiating! Suck a fucking dick! You said it, they just pulled out! But we're not gonna roll over a guy like a Barry Odom team did, baby! Eli Drinkwitz! Ah, uh, she got a boner all over me! Ah! <laughs> Call of the year? Call of the year. Call of the year. Oh, wow, that one. Caleb, who was our... Well, Ian? Ian the antler man, he was you know my, we miss Ian. my adopted son. I hope that I hope that kid right there is an antler too. Yeah, <laughs> and I hope he calls back. Yeah. <laughs> Currently about to kick the field goal. They tried to ice him twice. The thicker hairs to me that needs to come through here. I'm gonna play this live for everyone on the show. Barry Odom defense giving up 630 yards of offense today. Not a surprise. <laughs> me just lining up right here. 32 yarder from the right hash. Yes! Fuck you, Barry Odom! <laughs> Fuck you, Arkansas! We fucking win! Fuck you! Here comes the zoo! Drink with, I wanna suck your cock! Oh god. Fuck you, Pittman, you fat bitch! Try to fucking take out Bolton out of the game and you still fucking lost. Let's fucking go! <laughs> M-I-V! <laughs> Z- oh, yeah. That Z- call's making the show. Yeah, that's uh, that's pure emotion, raw emotion right there, live as it happens. Yeah, it sounded like that fisting call yeah. in a way. Harrison, big dick, me, this frogs! Let's go! Every, I, I mean every, every single thought sorority girl better be lining up to give my man some ass at the party tonight. Oh, my God, bro. Fuck Sam Pittman. Fuck Barry Odom, fuck Arkansas, fuck their entire program, fuck them all, um, fuck the SEC refs, uh, we're beating Georgia next week, then we're going to beat Mississippi State, go out on a good note, way to send the seniors out. Larry Rountree uh, should win the Heisman. Yeah, M.I. fucking Z, bro. <laughs> when you say M.I. Z, bro, it kind of sounds like M.I. Yeah. Zebra. You know, 
Larry Roundtree uh, shades of Tony Temple yesterday. Absolutely. That's all I have to think of. Yeah, Mizzou running backs love beating the living shit out of Arkansas, don't they? They do. Connor balls and snaps. He was flying bullets out of his dick at that Razorbacks defense. Oh my god. And holy shit, that ending. What a fucking ending. Jesus Christ. The victory. And you know what? Fuck the SEC officials. They've been terrible by every team, every fucking game. So, like, Nick Bolton, he'll be back. He'll be back. We fucking won. Fuck Arkansas. Fuck Arkansas. Fuck Sam Pittman. No, sir. Fuck Barry Odom. And fuck off back, you redneck twats. <laughs> <laughs> ah, wonderful. Nobody can say the word twat quite like a Brit. Fuck Arkansas. They suck. They don't belong in the SEC. Maybe the Sun Belt will come pick them up. M-I-Z. <laughs> Oh, we don't win these games. We don't win these games. We won these games. Also, I had that bottle of tequila. I did. Had some help. <laughs> but I did. <laughs> M-I-C. Z-O. M-I-C. Z-O-U. M-I-C. Okay. <laughs> that sounds like they have a relationship issue. They want the last word in. Sounds like a great relationship. You know, after all that what? tequila and Mizzou win, they did some butt fucking. <laughs> what a game. Every single time that I thought Mizzou was going to lose, I should have just remembered Barry Odom is the defensive coordinator for the Arkansas Razorbacks. <laughs> M-I-Z. Z-O-U. It makes perfect sense. I just started a family swear jar, and I owed my daughter a fuck ton of money. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go, baby! Fuck Arkansas! Woohoo! Alright, I got a confession. I was getting a little down there for a minute, but then I realized Barry Odom's on the other side of the damn field. I'm so used to being in that mindset, I forgot he's on the other side of the field. Hell yeah. M-I-Z. <laughs> Z-O-U. Z-O-U. I mean, is Barry Odom really just that much of a turd? <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, I think... I think there's a certain level of vitriol that probably goes over the line for Barry Odom, but like I said, the winning, the success, the coaching, the assignment sound football, everything that this team has done this year only has illustrated how poor a coach he was for four years. People are in the moment, Brennan. You love to bag on your ex. You know what I mean? Like, Barry's our ex. You know, you, you love to say bad shit about him. You don't ever say good stuff like, oh, he, you know, she was a good gal. Like, no, fuck her. <laughs> yeah. She has a smelly pussy. Yeah, all that stuff, you know, it's fun, <laughs> especially when you're less than a year. Never any doubt in Dicker, the kicker we trust. M-I-Z. <laughs> Z-O-U. What you got there, sour grapes? You got a grip of sour grapes. Woo, woo, woo. You got a grip of sour grapes. Oh, woo, woo, woo. What you got there, sour grapes? <laughs> uh, yep. It's coming. I'm not sure how Badonkadonk can kick that well with balls that big. You'd think they'd get in the way, but I'm sure glad he can. Sour grapes time. Kick if you thick. Oh, my God. Drink dropped 50 points on Barry Odom's hot garbage defense. Oh Holy crap. Drink's the goat, man. This was amazing. M-I-Z. Felt good to turn around and fist fuck Arkansas. <laughs> a lot of fisting talk this week. Yeah, well, our fans are, we have a type. <laughs> yeah, we sure do. That's why they've been missing Caleb so badly. <laughs> <laughs> I think the pain is finally subsiding for a little bit. Mizzou is 5-3, and three, looking good with Coach Drink and an actual fucking good team for once. Mizzou basketball beating ranked teams looking good. The Chiefs are fucking 10-1, the best team in the NFL. 
Like to play the Broncos tomorrow and fucking shit on him. Not Drew Locke, though. I hope he does hope he does okay if he's even playing. But I think the pain has finally stopped for a little bit. M-I-Z. Yeah, Z-O-U. I think he represents a lot of people where it's just like, God, it was a nonstop kicking the balls for a number of years. Five years, maybe? From the end of Gary Pinkle through the entire Odom years. It's nice to not be just kicked in the balls relentlessly, weirdly. Yeah, I agree. Closing thought from Houston Tiger. If Connor Bedazzlesatch had been Tom Brady, they'd be talking about that fucking drive for the test of time. But they won't because it's Missouri. The second thing is, Jesus, Missouri's kicker. He's fucking huge. Like, he ate Sebastian Janikowski. Uh, and third, I'm off to go and have some bacon. With more bacon, with even more bacon, because... Fuck Arkansas. Fuck Arkansas. <laughs> Thank you very much. We appreciate that. I tell you, funny because I, at one point I had a friend texting me here the game talking about how disappointed he was when Bedazzle Dick uh, missed a couple of open big throws, but he made throws into tight windows a lot of times. You know, the uh, Arkansas Arkansas was, had coverage in me those times. They were on him like a latex gimp suit. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, Bedazzle <laughs> Dick found a way through at the right spot. I mean, it's uh, Bedazzle Dick, uh, a reason to be excited for the future of this program. That right there is the difference between an Eli Drinkwitz team and a team with Barry Odom on the sideline. All of Arkansas's close games this year, they've lost. All of the Zoo's games that have come down to the fourth quarter, close games, we won. Just a different mentality, just a different mindset. New Zoo, M-I-Z. Me, this for President 2024. Make it Mizzou great again. I just have one thing to say. Does Arkansas belong in the SEC? <laughs> I think that last one came (laughs) I think it came in like at 3 in the morning though You know what I mean Yeah. (laughs) Drug field We played as many of those as we could for you guys But uh, obviously we couldn't play them all Yeah and if you're going to go You know 4 minutes and 38 seconds And you just know you're getting on the cutting room floor Shorter means you're getting on Anyway since we got a lot going on today We're going to take another break Come back and load up with sour grapes And of course Arkansas News and Around the Horn Hey guys, Mazodcast is now on Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you can join our Patreon page and get extra content from the guys, outtakes from the show, and any insider news that we have, we provide it there first. It doesn't cost much and your support helps the show. Join the Mazodcast Patreon and be part of the team. Here are our secrets. And I still call you tonight can we still play our favorite songs? Honestly, I'm alright Even though you said it's alright Cause you said we're just friends And we should wait till the end of it all But you said we're just friends Till we meet again in the fall This feels like the history books The parts they tend to overlook The miles and miles apart and all the heartache This is more listener music for you. This one's called History Books. It's by Parker Campbell. If you want to get your music heard, send it to mazodcast at gmail.com. And if you like Parker Campbell's music, if you like history books, you can wait to the end of the program and we will play it in its entirety. I think this is a moment a lot of people have been waiting for. It's time once again for Sour Grapes. 
What you got there? Sour grapes. You got a grip of sour grapes. Oh, them sour grapes. You brought them sour grapes. Sour grapes. Sour grapes. You got them sour grapes. Oh, sour grapes. You brought a grip of sour grapes. Oh, 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 oh. You got them sour grapes. Okay, guys. I'm sure you all saw on social media there were a lot of sour Arkansas fans. Lots of them that spell losers with two O's. <laughs> I love that guy. <laughs> well, spelling is not the strong suit of the Arkansas public school system. That's to be expected. Caleb, Colin, either one of you want to jump in with some sour grapes that you've seen? I have got dozens of them. And I want to, before I go into this, I want to give uh, Jay Bryan at Jay Bryan 2009, who is a Mazadcast fan follower. He has become, well, he's basically made my job easier, which is hard to imagine because I really don't do much for the show. I can confirm. Uh, but he basically, <laughs> Brendan can vouch for that show horse. He just sends us sour grape after sour grape <laughs> after sour grape to our Message. Twitter account. And basically, instead of me surfing Twitter looking for sour grapes, I just wait for Jay Bryan to do all my work. <laughs> so thank you, Jay Bryan. Uh, and and, and I should say, Bryan, 2009. P- please follow him if you like the Mazodcast and you're on Twitter. Follow Jay Bryan as a, a feather in his cap for being such a uh, intrepid journalist for the show. Yeah, and anyway, uh, here we go. Yeah, and other other Mazodcast um, fans have sent us stuff too, so I, we, we appreciate all the extra bonus help. We're lazy people. Yeah, especially Colin. All right, we'll start with uh, at Gage Gats. He said, "Well, we officially have a rivalry. Fuck Mizzou. Sour grapes." I really didn't expect these uh, rivalry concessions from Arkansas fans. <laughs> no, I didn't either. I mean, I didn't think they would ever admit this was a rivalry. They would always think they belong up there with LSU. Bama Trump Hog at mm-hmm. Hog Wild Thirty Seven. Wow. <laughs> it picks up, packs a lot of stuff into one. Uh, one a mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> Stop the count. Yeah. Anyway, he simply tweets, "Fuck Mizzou." Sour grapes. <laughs> yeah, those are always short but sweet. I like those. Well, then, Brendan, you're going to love this one from Canada Dry at Green Shirt Steve. Fuck everyone at Mizzou. Sour grapes. <laughs> <laughs> he changed it up a little bit. Sure. Um, he got creative. Chris Hickey at Chris56 Hickey wrote, fuck Mizzou. Sour grapes. Seems to be a theme going on. Well, I got one that's different. This guy says, have fun with Gorkowitz. I'll take being a hog fan any day. Sour grapes. There's lots, lots of making fun of drink yesterday yeah. at his appearance. Like, he's a big nerd, and he's a dork, and he's all these things, but he whooped that ass. Hey, guess so, what? Right. You know what? Every dork in your high school makes more money than you. Yeah, yeah they run the world. Have you, met, have you heard of Bill Gates or Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos? These guys were not stars of the football team. <laughs> if they didn't get stuffed in a locker, they wouldn't fucking own you right now. That's you right. Know? Yeah. So I, calls dork with. The 80s film Revenge of the Nerds, it turns out that the nerd goes into the moonwalk house at the college little fair dressed as Darth Vader and puts the best fucking ever on the lead cheerleader. Yes. Now, some and, would, some would view that as inconsistent. Some would say that was non-consensual. Well, the point is, is Drinkwitz is the nerd putting a great fucking on your old lady. So bitch about him being a nerd all you want. Okay, I got one, guys. I'm just saying, y'all's winning streak has come during the worst stretch in our program's history. In any other period, y'all have been below us in every way. And now we got a coach again. We're about to go being the, by large, superior program. That's the gentleman I talked to this week on Twitter, and I let let him know that when they had uh, three of the best running backs that Arkansas's ever had and a Heisman candidate... That Tony Temple fucking ran roughshaw all over their 
dumbasses. Yeah. So what's the fucking difference? You tweeted and alluded to this is that if I was only allowed to pick the, the years we got to play one another, when we were only good, we would definitely win. As long as you were able to set the parameters exactly how you would like them, you'd always win. That's the problem with this argument that, that we're bad now. So, but you know what I mean? We'll we would take our 2018 against anything Arkansas has. Yeah. That. We win every time with Tony <laughs> Temple and Chase Daniel. That's right. And then it's solved because we stomp your fucking ass in a cotton bowl. <laughs> as long as we're <laughs> making Felix Jones, Darren McFadden, and Peyton Hillis on your team. <laughs> that's right. If if we're all creating alternative universes that don't exist, that's the one we pick. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Adriana's pet at pet Adriana said, "Touchdown, Arkansas, baby! Fuck Mizzou for leaving the Big Twelve and ending one of the longest historical rivals." I don't. I guess Sally she's alluding to grapes. She's upset that can't the Kansas rivalry is over. <laughs> Bizarre that uh, she would give a fuck about. She that. wants Mizzou to kick someone's ass every year and it not be Arkansas. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, go back to kicking Kansas around, you bastard. <laughs> I, I was thinking yesterday after reading a bunch of shit from Sam Pittman. I think Sam Pittman's got a sour grapes quote. It's not on Twitter, but he gave a quote. Oh, he sure did. Uh, oh yeah, you know I don't know if the Missouri kids were hurt or not. Well, there's a lot of injuries. There's no penalty for that. I'm not a medical doctor, but there's a lot of kids that got hurt. Sam Pittman's not a medical doctor? What? That's not the integrity of the game, in my opinion. You know what? Fuck Salad you. Salad For years and years in an up-tempo offense where people fell down and acted like they were fucking hurt all the time. Kiss my ass. We'll fall down whenever we want to. Oh, yeah. I mean, call it gamesmanship. Call it whatever you want. Absolutely. There were guys on Mizzou's sideline that seemed to be getting hurt a lot. But, uh, yeah, everybody does it. It's a strategy that is employed by Nick Saban. It's employed by everyone. I'm just shocked right now that that the coach Mantitties isn't a doctor. I thought he was a doctor. Yeah, that's what really threw Colin for a loop. I'll tell you this. Ryan Shelby had something to say. At Ryan underscore Shelby, he wrote, fuck Mizzou. Salad great. Wow, he went a different direction. Yeah. At Razorback Will wrote, ha ha ha, fuck you refs. Fuck Mizzou, suck it. Salad great. <laughs> suck it. Celebrating uh, Nick Bolton being thrown from the game. Well, hey, uh, Caleb, your, your old friend you mentioned on Twitter, he had another one before the game and he said, LMAO, you think we're scared of drink dicks, hogs by 20. Book it. And then laugh so hard he cries emoji. Salad grapes. <laughs> Book it. Well, yeah, I hope he didn't bet I told on it. you, Caleb the Greek, about how to gamble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> lost, I lost that game. Zoo didn't cover, but you know what they did? They won. Yeah. Well, then you know what? You you definitely didn't book it for 20. No, I did, did not did not have that down. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, uh, DBH Razorback, you wrote, fuck Mizzou. Serious. So he wanted to make sure we, he knew we, he wasn't tongue in cheek about this fucking zoo. <laughs> yeah. He means it. I'm Serious. not joking around here. Fuck you. Hey guys, this segment's going to go slightly longer because Jay Bryan just sent two more sour grapes <laughs> to our, to our, to our podcast account as we're, as we're taping. So here's another Arkansas concession. Nick Pruitt at Nick Pruitt2 wrote, fuck everything y'all said all week about this not being a rivalry. This is a rivalry now and I'm tired of losing to these motherfuckers. All everybody told talks about is texas guess what we don't play texas anymore we do play mizzou and they keep kicking our ass this is a reality arkansas fan yeah Yeah. there there were a few people that had to come to terms with the reality of the universe they live in i had one just pulled up too it's cobes at cobes yt he said are these smug ass boomers going to keep acting like this isn't a rivalry this sickening loss is a record low we lost five straight 21 unanswered points in the fourth quarter 
That beats the A&M chokes and matches Virginia Tech. Fuck Mizzou. No SEC team. I want to beat more in 2021. Sour grapes. And he's right to feel that way. He's not wrong. Underscore white five says, <clears throat> I wonder how long your wait list is still at your university. You literally are relevant to everyone right now. Nothing beneficial has ever come out of your school. Congratulations on getting a win against our backups. Sour grapes. <laughs> somebody win the Nobel Prize from Mizzou like last year? <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's, that's true. Yeah. And also, like, don't give, don't even start with this backups bullshit because you took our best player off the field for half the game. Fuck off. Bill Dance at Bill Dance wrote, fuck Mizzou. Salad great. <laughs> Never gotten, I mean, you know, it's I a, can't be the real Dan, Bill Dance, the fisherman, because I mean, real Bill Dance is a Tennessee fan and he wouldn't pay attention to this game. Only you would know this, Caleb. I do. Let's see. Mizzou looked like they were playing against air. We scored 48 points and lose. Yes, fans are pissed, Coach Odom. Salad grapes. Oh, want, they're turning on Odom already. You want a celebrity hot take sour grapes? Yes, I do. John Daly, the golfer who played golf at Elias in central Missouri before being kicked out of school. John says, we need to clean up the integrity of the game and get this type of coaching penalized. Missouri did this five to six times. FCC refs did nothing. And he's talking about falling down on the field and getting a you know a little break on there. John Daly pissed about it. Hey, John Daly can eat my fucking shit. You know why? Because I'm tired of fucking people turning John Daly into a hero. John Daly's a drunk who pissed away half his career inside a bottle, fucked around on his wife, and took what could have been an amazing golf career and basically flushed it down the fucking toilet. While everybody takes a shit on Tom Brady and Peyton Manning for being upstanding citizens who fucking worked their dicks off to be the greatest player in the fucking world, John Daly would rather drink tequila till fucking 4 a.m. and then try to go golf and then loves to tell a story about how fucking Tiger Woods told him, well, if I was as good as you, John, I, w- I wouldn't have to practice so much. It's like, hey, John, quit telling that story. You know why? Because Tiger Woods is just being polite. You know what he really thought? He's like, John Daly, you're a fucking moron, and I'm not stupid like you, so I'm not going to drink myself into a fucking early grave. I'm going to go win a bunch of masters, so eat my fucking ass, you fat loser has been. <laughs> this is not the direction I expect the sour grapes to turn. Well, I mean, we live in Missouri, so I've listened to so many motherfuckers tell me these big fucking Paul Bunyan tales about John Daly. I'm like, are you <laughs> give me a fucking break? John Daly fucking was the biggest underachiever in professional golf. Caleb, I got a, I got a feeling that maybe you have different opinion on John Daly, or, or no? I've met him a couple times. He is what he is. He is the biggest waste of talent there ever was. The man has the best hands and most flexibility, and one of the greatest golf swings ever. And he fucked it away. I don't disagree with Colin. Like for what he is, he has more talent in his two hands than most golfers have in their entire fucking body. And yeah, he fucked it away. Very much so. And he roots for Arkansas, so we can take shit on it. Take he, a shit is a on card- he is a Cardinals fan, so I give him a little slack. He does <laughs> love the St. Louis Cardinals, but he is an Arkansas homer all the way. Yeah. At Pig Suey, he wrote, because Mizzou fans talk shit about beating an injured Arkansas team. I mean, come on. Should Mizzou ever talk shit on anyone? Like I said, they're average to bad at everything. Hey, Brennan, you know what? I it, Let's not talk shit this year. Because, you know, they had some injuries. So let's just talk shit about the last four years or <laughs> yeah. the last six of seven. Or the uh, Cotton Bowl win. You know, there's a lot of yeah, sh- you know. areas where we can talk shit. I'll tell you what, Rhinestone Cowboy at Mo City Don Juan wrote, if we can't even beat Missouri in their first year with a new staff, with their old coach on our staff, 
what the fuck are we even doing here? No wonder the SEC hates this. Again, like sort of self-aware Arkansas fans. It's an unusually bad loss whenever some people are forced to come out with reality. I'm guessing most <laughs> yeah. of those people with those live in northwest Arkansas. It's a different Arkansas there. <laughs> it is. It's prettier. The people can <laughs> read, some, you know, at a fifth grade level. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. Justin King at King Justin Five wrote, fuck you, Missouri. Sour grapes. <laughs> Merka Man 84, Frank Ricard wrote, Worst thing about this loss is that Dinky will probably end up getting SEC Coach of the Year instead of Pittman now, even though Pittman deserves it more. Whoopik suey. Dinky. Sour Our Patreon grapes. fans have actually heard us interview Coach Drinkwitz, and he is a nerd. And I'm sure we'll have him on the show mm-hmm. uh, so everybody can get to know Coach Drinkwitz the way we know him. But who cares? Again, he's the nerd who fucking smooth fucks your old lady, and she loves every second of it. The part of it that I took offense to was that he said, even though Pittman deserves it more. It's like, isn't going head-to-head the exact way that you can decide who deserves it more? Like, when you win by two points, you kind of got outcoached, right? Like, I mean, it's a two-point yeah, so, game. Brittany, let's not use the head-to-head. Let's just throw that out. Let's just go on schools. Let's just go on the football team's records. Five and three versus three and six. To, oh, shit. That doesn't work either. <laughs> doesn't it? <laughs> that Coco Flannel underscore Dre wrote, fuck Missouri. We'll pick two. Salad grapes. Yeah, I mean, Colin, honestly, I don't know how we could do this all day. Bucko wrote, fuck Missouri. Salad grapes. Lane and Nolan one wrote, fuck Missouri. Woo damn Salad grapes. Sean Flowers wrote, this sucks. Mizzou sucks. Fuck Mizzou. Salad grapes. The best tweet I did see yesterday was, I think, from Mizzou football. And it, I don't know if you guys saw it, was... It says, did we just beat Arkansas five times in a row? And then it's got a video of Arkansas's coach going, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That was some shade. Now I liked it a lot. Level shade. Will underscore Ness wrote, Mizzou fans going to talk trash, but everyone knows Arkansas is on the way up and Mizzou is stuck in the mud. (laughs) Salad great. Bullshit. I think a lot of these come from people living on the Tennessee line. Yeah. You know, they, they've got that <laughs> Tennessee blood in them. Yeah, they've got a little bit. They've got some family that are from Tennessee, so that's where it bleeds over. They think they're always on the rise. Yeah. And to wrap it up, it, listen, guys, typically when we do sour grapes, we kind of, Jay Bryan has to do a lot of work to make sure we, we scrounge for them. We literally are not reading all of them. We have run out. We have, Britain's like, the, the segment's going too long. So I'll just end with this one at Nolan Dotson. Mizzou doesn't belong in the SEC. Absolutely. I agree with him. <laughs> it was fun and like i said man <laughs> they're out there if you want to see they started on tuesday <laughs> they did yeah they started yes. early they were really cocky i don't know why but they were and it just blew up in their face and it just losing the way they did oh it's been wonderful Thank you, Tigers. By 50. That <laughs> kicking a field goal with two seconds later is better than winning by 50. I will tell you that now. Makes the sour grapes. Oh, so sour. Yeah. Serious question for both of you. Did it feel better to win this game or did it feel better when we beat LSU? Oh, this game for me. Yeah. I mean, this game isn't the game that it is if we hadn't beat LSU, but this game does feel sweeter in a way. I don't know. LSU was awesome L- in a different, unexpected way. I don't know. It, um, LSU is like that when we didn't expect it, it was like you get a, a you win a lottery ticket kind of thing. You yeah, know, what I mean? it's an unexpected win. Whereas this was kind of like Christmas. You knew it was coming. 
you hope you're going to get what you like, want. I feel like you hope your parents were going to buy the Millennium Falcon instead of socks. Yeah, I feel like the like LSU fans got on there and it's like Missouri's trash. We had a down year. Blah blah. blah. It's true, right? You know, like, right I'm like, right. yeah, they're right. Like any other year, they'd stomp our dick in the dirt. They're right. They are a better team than us 99 percent of the time. But when it happens to like Arkansas and people like that, I'm like, well, you guys are fucking delusional. <laughs> nothing to stand on. There is no pulpit. Basilac and Roundtree and Drinkwitz and Mevis made sure that we got a Millennium Falcon this year for Christmas and not yeah. socks. Like, oh, God, don't put that in the thing. Like, <laughs> hey, you got to have all those socks to fit in your extra large shoes that don't fit you. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Hey, Caleb, don't bring up my, don't bring my up Charles Barkley. shoes at the Nike outlet. <laughs> my blemish Charles Barkley. Hey, when Barkley 94s are there, three sizes too big, you got to get them. They were such sexy shoes. I mean, they were yeah. black. They were like <laughs> suede leather. Man, they were cool. But they just didn't have them in blemished in my size, Caleb. Yeah, yeah it was either that or LA Gears, Caleb. What are you going to do? <laughs> no, I absolutely agree. I would have got those. I'd have got those. I once bought a pair of shoes with my own money at the Nike outlet. Let they were a size and a half too small and made them work. You know, like, they were 40 fucking bucks and I could afford that. I'm like, making them work. And now I have foot problems and I'm going to blame it on those shoes. Yeah. Well, I mean, I lasted, I lasted maybe two thirds of a basketball practice in those three sizes, too big fucking snowshoes, Charles Barkley's that I bought before my feet got so blistered up. I had to limp back to the locker room and put on some LA gear, you know, and finish out the practice. Well, you look cool for that fucking half a practice. I'd like to think I did. All right. Why don't we get into a special segment this week? We're going to uh, mix it up. We're going to do Arkansas news. I was going to do three kinds of suns. Arkansas. Sunshine, sunflowers, sons of bitches. This is Arkansas News. Like I said, this week we will tackle our neighbors to the south instead of to the west, so let's get to it now. First story. Here's the big news in Arkansas. Arkansas man, finalist in search for most talented beard. Now, Brendan, do we, are we sure we're not talking about beard as in someone someone gay married to cover up the fact that they're gay? Or are we talking about facial hair? Uh, based on the uh, religious practices of most of the people in Arkansas, it could go either way, I think. Uh, it doesn't make sense to talk about someone's facial hair being talented, but let's see what it says. Uh, to have a talent that stands out is one thing, but to have that and the best beard in America is something else. We're not we're talking about facial hair, not like whoever Tim Tebow marries. Well, we're we're into <laughs> we're into the second paragraph, and it's still not clear. One Arkansan is a finalist in the first ever contest in search of the most talented beard, and now he needs your votes. The contest is sponsored by Wall Home Products, and the winner will receive twenty thousand dollars. Damn. Yeah, start growing it, fellas. The company has asked men all over the nation with beards to submit their talents that are unique. 20 grand sounds real good right now, said Cliff Prouse. Prouse is known in the community as a local musician and for having a great beard. Back in October, he entered the contest along with other bearded men around the country. He submitted a video of himself playing eight different instruments, which propelled him to the final 10. The winner will receive votes from both judges and America. As a local musician, he said his music business slowed during the pandemic, and he hopes fellow Arkansans will vote him the $20,000 prize. Be kind, be generous, and most importantly, just vote for my beard, said Prouse. I don't understand why the beard itself is talented. It's Arkansas. Beard has nothing to do with playing the music. My beard, on the other hand, uh, enhances me eating box. <laughs> <laughs> 
the chin tickles the taint while the while the top tickles the clit. I mean, it just drives women crazy. So I should win the twenty grand. Send it to me, motherfuckers. <laughs> All right, you know. vote for Caleb. <laughs> This will come as a shock to absolutely no one. Arkansas man receives racist letter demanding he remove black Santa Claus decoration. (laughs) God. A Little Rock, Arkansas man says someone sent a racially charged letter to his Arkansas home demanding he remove a black Santa Claus inflatable from his front yard. Chris Kennedy said the letter arrived this past week in his home. The anonymous person that authored the letter wrote a bizarre rant from the perspective of Santa Claus. It (laughs) started... Okay, I'm going to quote it here. It says, I started to read, and of course, the first word that sticks out is Negro, Kennedy said. <laughs> the letter We're can old be. school like our grandma. Yeah, this is the letter in full. Please remove your Negro Santa Claus yard decoration. You should not try to deceive children into believing that I am a Negro. I am a Caucasian white man to you and have been for the past 600 years. Your being jealous of my race is no excuse for your dishonesty. Besides that, you are making yourself the laughingstock of this neighborhood. Well, pretending that a fictional character is a, I mean, (laughs) I've been Caucasian for 600 years. What? He's a white Caucasian person. This gentleman that wrote the letter is going to flip the fuck out. If he ever finds out that Jesus isn't white, I mean, <laughs> it's going to blow his mind. Caleb, listen, <laughs> uh, someone born in the Middle East is definitely white. Yeah. Speaks English for sure. <laughs> Jesus, listen, a 2000 year old Jew from the Middle East, Caleb, is white. Stop spreading. You're as bad as this guy with the black Santa Claus. Yeah, I know it. Wow. This is great. I'd love to have the guy that wrote the letter's address so we could send it send him a letter about Jesus and just blow his mind. Kennedy added he's not perturbed by the letter and plans to keep his decoration in the front yard. If I'm a laughing stock by trying to provide joy to other families' children down the street, going to school by having a Santa Claus decoration, so be it, he said. Now that is a guy who's not afraid of his idiot neighbors, and good for him. Well, it's Arkansas. They're all gun owners. He's like, bring it, motherfucker. I hope, <laughs> probably I hope no one sends me a letter about my inflatable minion in the front yard that's yellow that he's not a real elf. Yeah. You know, going to be pissed about it. Well, there are, I'm sure there are a few Arkansas people who are pretty upset about Oompa Loompas and their indeterminate racial background. From Caleb's Intrepid Reporting, Fayetteville, Arkansas woman steals $144 worth of eyeshadow. And uh, according to Caleb said, wears it all at the same time. <laughs> And uh, we're has <laughs> got a photo for us. We're going to post on our Twitter account so you can see what we're talking about here with this woman who uh, was arrested on suspicion of stealing one hundred and forty four dollars worth of eyeshadow on September 1st from a Fayetteville Walmart. While you're looking it up, I'll just let you know it looks like a unicorn shit on her eyelids. <laughs> It's fucking glorious. (laughs) She entered the store with an unidentified woman who tried to distract employees while asking questions, leading them away. An officer arrived at the store and approached Alan. The original caller introduced herself to Alan as the general manager of the store and asked to see the contents of her purse. She fumbled through her purse for several minutes before taking out several different packages of eyeshadow. As she pulled out the items, she'd run her fingers through the tops of each one, trying to make the eyeshadow look used. According to the report, she started to curse loudly, saying, No one saw me steal any anything. She also described the situation with two more expletives, said the report. Uh, Officer noted that in the report that Alan's cursing was drawing attention to several customers and young children. She continued to dig through her purse, and the store manager pointed out some red eyeliner that an employee had helped her get at the counter. She insisted 
It was her eyeliner, and she twisted it and broke it in half in front of the officer and store manager to make it appear more used. Uh, the officer took Alan into custody, and the report states that the approximate value of the stolen makeup was $144. It's basically the same tactic I take with dildos. Yeah. <laughs> I scuff them up with a Brillo pad just to make them look more you know, used. It reminds me of like having chocolate cake on the counter and leaving your four-year-old alone. And you come back in the kitchen and your four-year-old is covered in chocolate from head to toe. And you say, <laughs> did you eat the chocolate cake? And they look at us and go, nope, didn't touch it. <laughs> this fucking lady has more eyeshadow on than anybody has worn their entire life. She's like, nope, didn't steal any of it. Been buying lotions. You know? <laughs> okay, and the last story. I believe Arkansas played football and, according to my notes, lost 50 to 48. <laughs> But I think we covered that pretty in-depth, and so that will do it for this year's Arkansas News. And that takes us to our uh, final big segment of the day, which is we look at the rest of the SEC, and it is getting exciting. It's coming down to the end of the season for some, not all the teams, but let's go around the horn with the SEC. We, we, we break our bread and Waffle House, our teams are pretty good. Some basketball when Jesus says we should. So pour a little bourbon and repeat right after me. Build the church for Saturdays and called it SEC. Jesus loves football. And Colin, would you fire up the old Paul Feinbot? Will do. Alabama, Alabama, Nick Saban. All right, Paul, you ready to go? Let's get started. Caleb, what's on the docket this week? Uh, we've got a couple games in the SEC this week. Let's start out with one that I picked this week on the betting that didn't go my way, but still is funny. Number six, Florida took on Tennessee this week at Nayland Stadium. Florida won 31-19, so they didn't cover the 17 points, but they still beat uh, Tennessee, who is now 2-6. and six. That's sad. Yeah. I continue to say it on Twitter and I'll continue I'll say it here. It's almost as if letting Clay Travis and an angry mob make decisions about your program is a bad idea. Gotcha. <laughs> Clay Travis is awful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and Tennessee is awful. So good for Florida. I can't believe Jeremy Pruitt isn't the second coming because I was told his recruiting was the best, his coaching was the best, and he's the best. We've been doing I saw something interesting since we're on this real quick. So someone took like the last ten to twelve years of recruiting between Florida and Tennessee, maybe fifteen years of Florida and Tennessee and compared them side by side and they're almost identical. Recruiting classes, everything like that. And in that amount of time, Tennessee has not beat fucking Florida. Like you've got <laughs> you've got a coach issue if your classes are identical and you cannot beat that team. You have a fucking university issue. We have scoffed at every coaching hire they've made since we've joined the SEC. Who's making the decisions? And like Phil well it's Fulmer. classic yeah, let's just say it's classic SEC retread. It's like let's make Fulmer our, our AD. Let's not choose somebody because they're, you know, theoretically going to be good at the job. Let's choose somebody we like because yep. they were SEC and they won some football games with Peyton Manning. T. Martin, one year. Since then, you sucked. You sucked. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. Move, moving on. Number one, Alabama played number 273, LSU. This game was over within uh, three and a half minutes of the start of it. It could have been. <laughs> You're right about that. Point scored by Alabama. If Nick Saban wanted to score 100, he could have done it yesterday. Final, I he had. Yeah, yeah. final was 55-17. I mean, 
one receiver for Alabama had 200 yards, and there were still 10 minutes left in the second quarter. Like I love it. Them. I love it. I know you did, Paul. Paul's, Paul's really happy. Alabama. Oh, it, it's unbelievable. Like We beat LSU, and I'm proud that Mizzou beat. I'm proud of every game they win. LSU's defense is fucking awful. It's I almost mean, like Bo Pelini's not a good coach. Almost like Big Nose Bo sucks. Coach O <laughs> went from the greatest thing in the country to a laughing stock in nine months. Well, the, the difference between LSU fans and us, I think, though, is if you told me, could I have a national championship and basically the best season ever, but you would suck the next year, I would be like, yes, give me that trade, please, right now. Absolutely. I agree with you. It's just like the Chiefs. Like, if Chiefs won the Super Bowl last year, and if they were 0-10 right now, I'd be like, fuck it, we won a Super Bowl last year, and I was alive to see it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That game was a shit show. Uh, we'll move on to a better game. Number five, Texas A&M versus Auburn, mm-hmm. which was a good game, like, the whole game. Yeah, I hated that it was on against the Mizzou game. Yes, but that was a good football team, and Auburn played them very tight throughout the whole thing, but Texas A&M ended up winning 31-20. to Yeah, Auburn lost another one. I just wonder how long Melzahn has got there. You know what I mean? These are the games that the uh, Auburn fans want them to be winning, and they are not. You know, Auburn is not good and hasn't been for some time now. I'm going to admit at this point that Jimbo Fisher's a decent coach. They're, like, yeah. Out of Florida State, like he had some really good talent at Florida State and then won a national championship. And he left when, when they got really bad, you know, right before. But he's a pretty fucking good coach because Texas A&M is not world beaters. No. You know, they have to compete well, with too I, many people. I, I agree. I've always thought he was kind of a good coach, though I find myself if every time I see him interviewed hating him more. Yeah, that's yeah. the way I feel about Dan Mullen. Yeah, for sure. Dan Mullen's a, I feel like Dan Mullen's a good coach. And I mean, literally, I never l- really liked Dan Mullen. But I mean, by the, this point in the season, if Dan Mullen dies in a car accident, I'm neither here nor there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Not engaging. Last game on the docket was South Carolina visiting Kentucky. Also, I'd like to mention that the South Carolina women's basketball team got beat this week. and Their, their winning streak went down and fucked Don Staley. But their football team also got beat by Kentucky 41 to 18. <laughs> yeah, Colin predicted this a little bit, didn't you? You said that you thought South Carolina was just in total disarray, didn't have a coach. I mean, that kind of was predicted, I guess. I don't know what the spread was. Well, they only one. had like 46 players available, like only 16 players they or something like that on defense. And, you know, I think the big news is not even the game. It's that South Carolina, weirdly, early has hired a new head coach in Shane Beamer, who is the son of uh, Frank Beamer, right. the, the, the Virginia Tech coach for many, many years. And the thing that interests me about Shane Beamer is he's never been a head coach in the SEC before, so this exactly. is something new for South Carolina. Congratulations. He has mm-hmm. been an assistant coach at many places. He's bounced around a lot, which makes me scratch my head a little bit. I know they all do, but anyway, he had been at South Carolina under Steve Spurrier, and I think it, the rumor had been that he'd always been angling for this job. The thing about him that's interesting is that uh, he's a fucking scumbag. He was in the middle of that, I don't know if you guys remember, there was a WikiLeaks controversy where there was a like rogue announcer who didn't get hired as an assistant coach by their new Wake Forest coach. And he started like leaking plays that Wake Forest had in their playbook to other teams. And Shane Beamer took them from him and was like, thank you very much. <laughs> and it was like inv- heavily involved in the scandal and actually had to do, he was fined $25,000 for it. And South Carolina said, we like your ethics. Come aboard. I know. I, I, you know what? I'm not going to be as hard on him. As, I mean, like granted, he's a terrible person. I have no doubt, but I, I feel like he's doing what most coaches would do. He just happened to get caught. Maybe, but I think that's a little weird to like be like getting intel from the other team. I'm just, I just like Belichickian for hiring somebody 
who's not a retread in their forties. Yeah, it's a it's a different move for South Anybody Carolina. Want to lay down some money on Will Muschamp being the next defensive coordinator at LSU? <laughs> that does I sound right. Take that bet. I would not take that bet. <laughs> <laughs> it's happening, Caleb. I know that uh, the Georgia Vandy game was postponed this week. So, it was other than the Mizzou Arkansas game, was that it for the, this week? That was that was it in the SEC. I know we did Arkansas news this week, but if you guys really want to know. Kansas went ahead and got beaten football by Texas Tech. Well, what have we got on the docket next week? I know the schedules have been all shuffled around these last two weeks of the season. So, on the SEC docket this week, we have all game times that are to be announced, so I can't give those to you yet. But we've got Auburn visiting Mississippi State. Mm -hmm. And that'll be an interesting one because I think they are both very middling programs in the SEC West right now. And like I said, I I think Auburn's coach is on the way out. I don't know what Mississippi State is. Mike Leach has got them at two and six. They don't look awesome. They're not looking real good on that one, but Auburn. Gus Malzahn has to win this game. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, he has Agreed. To. Next up is Alabama versus Arkansas. So if we put up 50 against Arkansas and Barry's defense, what's Alabama going to do? <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. That's uh, that's going to be ugly. I mean, Arkansas is three and six and obviously main contenders for the SEC West and coach of the year from what I'm hearing from Arkansas fans. Yeah, Alabama has to travel to that beautiful stadium down in Arkansas. They love to make fun of ours. Theirs is such a beauty. You know, it just fits in with the atmosphere down there and blends in. So uh, Arkansas is going to get their stadium brightened up by the Crimson Tide. I, I bet they win this game by 30. You're right about that. Yeah, yeah Paul, Paul, Paul He kills me. <laughs> yep, that's an ugly one. Uh, all righty. Any good games coming up? Uh, no, there's no good games. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> LSU goes to Florida. Uh, I think we all agree that Florida wins that game. Yeah, it should be a good game, but I don't think that it will be, obviously. Florida. Uh, the most inter- the most entertaining one this week is probably Ole Miss playing Texas A&M because mm-hmm. I feel like Lane Kiffin will do lots of stupid shit to try to beat them. Yeah, I think <laughs> you're right. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, I mean, Ole Miss can score a ton of points, and Texas A&M is 7-1, and one, and they are due for a classic Texas. Texas A&M butt-fucking of themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's probably coming. But I like watching Lane Kiffin when he has, as the end of a season where he has nothing to lose, he knows he's got a job, and he can steal one from somebody because he's not scared to do things. Yeah, no. I feel like the league is becoming more Lane Kiffin-esque. You know, a lot of fourth and fours going, being going for and, yeah. and, you know, fake kicks and things like that. A lot of people are doing that kind of stuff, especially now that you're, you know, it's illegal to play defense. And the last game of the week that's not Missouri and Georgia is a get-right game for Tennessee going to play Vanderbilt in uh, Nashville. Yeah, the worst Vanderbilt team we've ever seen is 0-8 and going up against pretty normal 2-6 and Tennessee team. Vanderbilt's going to get beat. Yeah. Tennessee. All right, and so the final one you say is Georgia versus Mizzou. Georgia's sitting at 6-2. and two. Missouri's 5-3. and three. You know, Georgia's had some quarterback troubles. They obviously wanted to be contenders for the national title, you know, at least the playoffs, and, and hopefully go to Atlanta. That is not happening for them. My hope is that they're demotivated. I don't know. They're still a very good football team, and we cannot <laughs> overlook that. And Missouri's got to figure out its defense. If we can keep our best player on the field for a whole game, it would help. Yeah, thank God it was at the end of the first half and not in the second half where Nick Bolton got bullshit called. 
we were playing good defense up to this point. Like, let's hope this was the anomaly. Like, mm-hmm. this is the exception. Uh, but we'll go back to playing the rule next week. Yeah, I think you're right. Our schedule, as bad as it was, was front loaded. You know, obviously with Alabama, LSU, and even Tennessee at that time, we thought in Florida. But we still got Georgia to face, and of course Mississippi State is the final game. We don't want to overlook them. But man, if we can somehow pull out a win against Georgia, which I don't think is out of the realm of possibilities, if we can do that, man, going six and three coming into the final game of the season. My God, Drinkwitz deserves Coach of the Year. I agree with you. In terms of great matchups in college football history, this will not qualify. (laughs) Yeah, we know how Paul thinks about this one. Georgia. Do you guys want to wrap up around the horn and get to some awards? Oh, I want to give those awards out. We probably better. This is the longest episode ever. It will be the longest episode ever. All right, so now it's time to give out the Kirk Farmer's Hair Player of the Game. Now it's time for Kirk Farmer's Hair Player of the Game. Contenders, there's a lot of guys who had a big part in this game. Kicker, kicker, <laughs> kicker, yeah. Tree. I mean, Bazelak, they're all good candidates. It's weird giving it out to a kicker. It's been since the Fatoni days, but man, the guy stepped up. He literally 15 points of our offense, and he won the game. 23 points if you count the extra point kicks, which are important, Colin, because Arkansas missed theirs. That's true. 23 points and the game winner. I'm going with a thicker kicker, picker upper. I'm not going to go against you on this one. I and I liked it back after the game, just going, it's just another kick. Yeah, me too. And. and and well, I, I do what I do. It is un, maybe seemingly unfair to Roundtree and Beatty because they do it all the time and maybe they're not being respected the way they should. But this was important for Mevis to make these kicks and it was a pressure cooker and he's a freshman and he did awesome and he deserves it. I'm going to give it to him too. Are we also in agreement? Yeah. Thicker I, I kicker. Agree. He represents the flaxen hair of Kirk Farmer well. Speaking of awards, I do feel like the one thing that maybe Drinkwitz would be an obstacle hat from getting that award is just Nick Saban. I mean, the guy's got another team that is all world, and and I feel like the coaches are all the announcers got boners that he coached from home and all that crap. You know, the adversity that everyone has had to go through, they're going to make it seem yeah. like it's special for Nick Saban, you know, and because yeah. they can award that to him almost every year. But what Drink has done, I mean, man, he's made a case. Yeah. It's kind of like when Dan Mullen likes to cry about all the adversity his team had to go through because of coronavirus, as if everyone else hasn't had to live the exact same life. Yeah. Everybody else's wife hasn't been making out with the players. I'm the wife who's forced me to wear the horns of a cuckold. <laughs> and the final award, this one's going to be an easy one to give out this week. We don't always give it out, but it's well earned. It's time for the Douche of the Week. Uh, it's not just the Douche of the Week, it's the TJ Mo Douche of the Week. Guys, I mean, I'm just going to say it right now. The SEC officials, the on-field official who made that call, or is it the official who confirmed it on replay? Either one, one of those people gets the douche. Can, can I go outside football with just a candidate real quick? Oh, please. Aubrey Huff, ex-baseball player. Oh, God. Played for San Francisco, who is a super everyday TJ Mo douchebag this week, decided he would talk about men who marry women that already have kids and raise their kids and what kind of man that is that they aren't uh, not a fan not a real man real men yeah. don't marry women that already have kids and raise their children oh boy them. he just does not understand how you can do that have any self-worth so <laughs> jesus I, I know i'm just pee on me sitting in central missouri i will fight fucking aubrey huff any day for any amount of money if you want to raise it for cherry i will fight that motherfucker like i would like to see that can anyone arrange this hand behind my back and fight that cocksucker he is an awful human being so even if he doesn't win douche of the week he wins douche of the century that guy sucks hard i wonder how we would feel about sarah fuller (laughs) oh boy 
TJ Mo and Clay Travis are still complaining about that. Oh, Aubrey Huff would hate everything to do with that. Like he, if you, <laughs> if you want something to look back and think, what can I do to be a good human being? Look at Aubrey Huff's Twitter for the last five years and do the complete fucking opposite of what that. Would be like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, the thing about the Sarah Fuller stuff guys is that like those guys, I don't remember them bitching and moaning whenever air bud kicked field goals. No, no, no not one well, word was air basketball. Bud. Yeah. Well, I mean, one of them was basketball column, but if obviously the, um, Air Bud did kick field goals in another movie. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, this is breaking news. A hole in my, uh, my cultural, uh, and I'm looking up like now. It. I think there's an old movie. I'm sure Clay Travis rooted against fucking or rooted for the Monstars. You know, <laughs> against the like, that's Clay Travis. Like, well, the Monstars deserve to win this game. You know, they, yeah. Well, I'm going to. So many people like TJ Mo and like Clay Travis who fancy themselves good people, but like totally would have been Nazis. Yeah. You know what I mean? If they had lived in Germany I, in the thirties, they would have been. I like, agree been with Nazis. you. On- it's not a. It's not up for debate. They've been like, no, these this guy's making a lot of sense. This Hitler dude's got some good ideas. I agree with you on this on a certain extent that TJ Mo would have definitely been a Nazi because he is a fucking idiot. But Clay Travis is not an idiot. Clay Travis knows what makes him money, and Clay Travis will say anything because I've listened to the man for fifteen years when he started out in Nashville on fucking radio clay travis is not a moron he just knows that this makes him shit tons of money and he will keep so he would have been a nazi but it would have been for but just simply for the profit oh yeah he would have taken the fucking swastika (laughs) off at night you know Mm. like he 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 would have watered it up on the floor and then put it back on and smile the next day so tj knows where the money comes from (laughs) so tj mo died in the old nazi but uh just a business decision for Clay yeah, Travis. Yeah, Clay Travis is all business. If Clay Travis thought he could make <laughs> more money like being a good human being, he would definitely do that. Yeah. This is a guy that at one point in his life went on a pudding only diet to shove it up direct TV's ass. It's not like cancel culture is below Clay Travis. So <laughs> I also do want to bring up the fact that there was a movie in 1976 called Gus starring Ed Asner and Don Knotts and where a donkey kicked field goals. And again, no outrage there. But God forbid a woman do it. Well, Clay, well, in, in Clay Travis's defense, he was probably eight, and TJ Mo hadn't been born yet. Well, that's true. But I mean, if you're not familiar with Gus, the field goal kicking donkey, you can't call yourself a sports broadcaster. <laughs> Who are you, really? Yeah, I, I, the SEC officials are awful. I had to get the Aubrey Huff thing out there because it's just an, it's just super douchebaggy to call out people like that. And I hope someone whips his ass. I hope so. it's, you, I hope it's you. I hope somebody listening can arrange that and yeah, uh, arrange that. I'll donate everything i get whatever it is to a good cause for stepdads okay and then, need a ps5 yeah <laughs> and can we just uh, on the field agree that the sec official who knocked nick bolton out of that game for a terrible yes. call was a douche they, they suck real bad too okay throw throw aubrey huff in there too Okay, guys, we've filled up hours and hours of uh, podcast time, and I think it's time to let these guys off the hook and uh, get ready for Georgia this weekend. Absolutely. I can't wait. Thanks for sitting in for a long but really fun Mazogcast. I'm excited for the midweek show and to finish out strong, M-I-Z. Z-O-U. Go Tigers! I am a Negro. It's just always been my thing. Drinking, smoking, fucking sing. 
about the greatest pick em up and lay em down you know it by your pounding head the blown out box springs on the bed of the west side comfort inn right there in town there's no cover there's no line just show up around dinner time and before long sun you're on that gravy train it's down right here in arkansas i keep calling on them halls sue here she's the only one who came and i said Seems all the jeans are screaming. I said, Whoopig, 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 Sue. When you find you're on the drought, calling hogs is all about. It's like every value meal. Drive on through and close the deal. As for Sue, she's wearing kids I'll never name. Reputation's out the door. We're both blown that long before. I'm just calling hogs and she's doing the same. And I said, Whoopig, 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 Sue. Goddamn, I must be dreaming. The seams on her jeans are screaming. I said, Whoopig, 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 Sue. all about And I said whoopee, whoopee, whoopee Calling hogs is all about. I said, whoa, pig. Can I still call you tonight? Can we still play our favorite songs? Honestly, I'm alright. Even though you said it's all Cause you said we're just friends And we should wait till the end of it all But you said we're just friends Until we meet again in the fall This feels like the history book the parts they tend to overlook The miles and miles apart And all the heartache Cause you're so far away From me
sun still shine through the window pane And fall right through the greenhouse and land on your face Will you still call me every single time? It gets late at night and you can't stop crying But you said we're just friends And we should wait till the end of it all But you said we're just friends Until we meet again in the fall But this feels like this dream Love you from states apart 